welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin. I'm a transformation and human design guide who is passionate about guiding women to be the most authentic versions of themselves. This podcast is all about self-discovery, self-empowerment, wellness, healing, parenting, mental health, spirituality, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This podcast and this space is all about helping you along on your own self-project journey. So welcome. Let's sit back and we'll dive right in today. Welcome back to the show today, and I am so excited to welcome Leandra Haupt, and she is a hypnosis and health coach and also a model and a podcast host as well, and she has got an incredible story, um, just a really incredible journey and a very powerful message, so I am so excited to welcome you here today, and I know that I'm not getting the pronunciation (laughs) correct, but Leandra, if you did not mind just sharing more about yourself with us. Let us know who you are and just kind of share some pieces of your story with us. Actually, you said my name pretty correctly, like really well. It's not so easy. Uh, it's uh, In German, we would say Leandra Haupt. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. as I said, I'm, I'm German. I usually live in Berlin, but I've lived all over the planet already. I've lived in six countries and speak six languages as well. Uh, Traveling has always been one of my passions and I'm a super curious person, always excited to learn more about the world, about other people and yeah, especially other people. So I've always been interested in working with other people and also trying to understand different people and their behaviors and different cultures, etc., which probably led me to (laughs) my path as a... a, um, like hypnotherapist and a life coach so that's what I do mostly now and I also work as a model I've been working as a model and also partly as an actress since seven years so that's a thing that comes and goes on and off and yeah I started my podcast Pure Happy Healthy um, a little bit more than a year ago because I also love talking you have me as a guest now so you will find out probably (laughs) and so I decided to also yeah start a podcast and connect more with other people and their stories wow that is incredible and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about just how incredible this opportunity is um that you know we're able that like you said you're able to travel and still connect with people and still um be able to share your message and help people and i just think that it's it's incredible it's an incredible way to um you know connect and live life and learn and explore so i think that that it's awesome um i would i would just love for my own curiosity sake uh, what six languages do you speak Uh, German, English, um, Spanish, French, Turkish, and Dutch. Oh my gosh, that is so, that's incredible. I think that that's the coolest thing. Um, (laughs) So, you know, what kind of led you 
to, you know, you said you kind of started off as mm, a model. Um, I see here that you were a designer, so actress. Where did you kind of start with all of that? Like, like when you first started, I see like we come fresh out of like school or whatever it is. And you're just like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I'd love to touch back on that. Like what got you into, led you to like modeling and then actress and then hypnosis coach and, and all of these things. I think from very small age on, I always had two big passions and one of them was everything about art and creativity and the other thing was everything about understanding and connecting with other humans. So it already showed very early in my childhood that I would dress up with the clothes of my parents or I would love to dress up for carnival and stuff like this and play movie scenes. And I would always have the main acting roles in the theater and in our school plays and went to every possibility where I could act or yeah, be basically um, modeling <laughs> clothes. And at the other side, I was always so curious to meet new people. That's where my passion for traveling came from, I think. So I would never be scared to just come up to uh, strangers and just speak with them and find out about their stories because I'm so incredibly curious. And that basically led through my whole childhood and um, also later on in life. And then after um, school, I went abroad for to Mexico for a year because I didn't really know what to do and I needed that time off. And that's where I learned my Spanish. <laughs> and then when I came back, I still didn't really quite know where my journey would lead me. And I started studying art history, but then I soon realized that it was very theoretical and that I'm more the practical type and I like to do things. So after that, I studied design. So I have actually two degrees, college degrees, and I was more happy in the creating design field. So I mostly focused on photography and I started working with another fashion photographer and we would have all these models come over, which we would shoot in beautiful clothes. And I was always about creating beauty and looking at beauty and creating my home beautiful, like, and being artsy and that was always my thing so I loved watching the models how they behaved in front of the camera and it was always really fascinating for me but I never somehow thought that um, yeah I'm, I'm pretty or that I could even do it or it was so far off, out of my reach but then when I saw it so close to me I suddenly realized like oh actually maybe I could try that. Like I would think I would really enjoy this and it would a lot be a lot of fun. And I think I manifested it quite quickly because um, soon after that, another uh, photographer from the studio asked me why I don't model. And uh, I didn't really have the answer for that because I would love to try it. And then I got casted on the street that same week for an agency. So I started uh, being a part of their agency and I just got my first job a week after and enjoyed it so incredibly much that I thought, wow, that really is something I would love to do more of. And then it just started rolling and more jobs came in and I got really good feedback from people who didn't even know I just started. So I really felt that it was probably something that I, I that naturally comes to me and that I really also enjoy doing and actually have 
been enjoyed doing ever since. And it has been seven years now. Um, yeah, and I would say it's quite unusually because I started modeling quite late. I was in my beginning, mid 20s. And usually models get discovered or start like when they're just in their early teens. But I'm really grateful I started so late because like this, I could do my college degree and um, I, I feel like I'm more settled, which brings me so much joy in modeling now, because I think when you're really a young girl, then the dark sides of modeling can come out. But I really found my niche there as being an older model and therefore only getting booked for also really niche jobs. Um, so that's I really enjoy the way I do it now. Mm. I love that you um, well, thank you for sharing that because I think it's incredible. I want to I want to touch on something that you said. You said maybe I could try this out. And I just love that that attitude of just possibility that you, you know, first said like, oh, that's something I couldn't do. And then you thought, well, maybe I could. And then you just you jumped in. I love that it manifested into your life after that. The universe said, yes, you are going to do this and gave you <laughs> all these, these things along the way. So, um, but I also noticed you touched on, you know, talking about modeling that, you know, there are some darker sides to it. Like you, um, you know, there's a, a lot of things that go into it, I'm sure, but you know, way more than I do, but you know, talking about maybe body image, I would love to, you know, I know that you've got a story behind that. And, um, you know, is that something that you really saw too in the modeling world is like younger girls or even older women struggling with like body image? Mm. The interesting thing is that the body image thing didn't um, start with the modeling for me. It was there way earlier already for me. Um, I was a kid, for, a kid from the 90s. So I grew up with all these 90s idols of like Angelina Jolie, Pamela Anderson, all these beautiful, curvy uh, goddesses. And <laughs> there was nothing more than looking and like these women and being a Hollywood actress at one day. You know, that was always becoming either a big model or a, a, a famous actress. So seeing all these curvy, very feminine, uh, quote unquote, feminine women made me really want to look like them because I wanted to have their lifestyle. And I would look at movies with them, at catalogs, which we get at, at home and was, was looking at all these beautiful women who wore the bikini fashion and the catalogs. And, you know, it was the 90s, you couldn't look, would watch online. It was like all these catalogs that would come to your house. And I, I was always fascinated by beauty, as I said, and also in people, which beauty back in the day for me, I was, I think I was so brainwashed from society that only uh, I was considering a woman beautiful when she had big boobs and a big butt and just like very curvy body. And also my family and everyone around me really had this um, very feminine, uh, curvy body. Um, but then when I grew up, nothing really happened to my body. I always had a very androgynous kind of boyish looking body. And seeing how all my friends and everyone around me suddenly became this beautiful woman where I wanted to go to and nothing changed with me. I still didn't grow boobs. I still didn't grow any hips. Nothing happened. And until this day, I look like this, actually. <laughs> um, but back in the day, it was really painful for me to see that um, nothing changed for me. And I really started to doubt 
my femininity and I also um, doubted to um, to see that I could get to Hollywood maybe or becoming famous because it was so in my mind that you have to look a certain way to get there which maybe even is the case I would say if you look at Hollywood now um, so I already had really bad uh, body struggles back then and in my teens I had a um, anorexia as well which um, yeah led me even more to that kind of very boyish look because I was really really thin at that time um, and obviously when you have an eating disorder you don't really feel connected to your body and you cannot really feel um, how you look and you don't like your body so that happened to me and um, so it started actually before the modeling and I did a lot of healing um, I did a lot of modalities to yeah heal the relationship to my body to my eating and in the beginning of my 20s I was already stable and um, mostly healed I would say and had actually a quite okay relationship to my body um, and then I started the modeling and for me that was actually quite good and that's the good part also about starting so late because I think the older you get the more settled is your relationship to your body because you get to know your, yourself and I felt really good in my body and that's why I think it made it easy for me to start modeling because that's really what it's about you're in front of the camera right and you present an image of something and when you don't feel comfortable when you're really shy or when you hate your body you you show that on the video or on the pictures and obviously then you won't do your job really well so that's really a base of good modeling I would say um so I was already there liking my body and everything. But as I was starting so late with the modeling, um, I somehow always had the fear that I would not be able to continue this because I would grow too old. Because usually when you're in your mid 20s, you're already done with modeling. And then you can only be a lingerie model, a commercial model um, or a bikini model. And for that, you have to have the very curvy body, like the very more grown up adults um, female body and obviously that didn't happen to me so there was that that fear in me thinking I love modeling so much and I want to continue this but what if I'm from my body look I would be more like the teen modeling but um, I'm older now so what can I do to just sustain that so it was already in my head for a really long time since actually my early teens when I never grew boobs that I um, just thought, okay, when I have bigger boobs, I would just be more feminine and then I would also be able to do the lingerie modeling and I would probably even feel more comfortable in my body. I would start to really love my body and yeah, could do the modeling even more. Um, so then I already had the idea of getting breast implants for quite a long time in my head. Um, but then I also was in the United States for quite a while. Um, and there a lot of women have uh, breast uh, implants and it's, it's more, um, yeah, more mainstream than in Germany, I would say. So that idea got closer and closer to me, seeing even more models who had a boob job done. So suddenly it was so present in my, in my head and the steps seemed so small to do it that I just suddenly found myself getting a breast implant surgery. Um, it was really, really a, a quick decision to do that. Um, and I thought I could just heal all my um, yeah, problems and 
my um, struggle of feeling feminine, which was always somehow what I had in the back of my mind that I was not feminine enough or the search of my femininity inside of myself. But then also obviously um, feeling more comfortable, even more good in my body and fully accepting my body because I think I projected everything I was discontent with on my small boobs and on my missing femininity, which I thought I had the missing femininity. Um, yeah, and then I um, got the breast implants and it felt good for maybe a day or two. <laughs> and um, it was really painful in the beginning. So I wasn't really able to move a lot. I couldn't work for a month. I had to like sit it out until they heal. And it was actually the first time in my life that I just sat with myself. I wasn't able to do anything. I needed help for cooking, groceries, whatever, because you're not allowed to uh, wait things or cook things or whatever and I just sat with myself basically for one month and in that one month that was such a I think that was the start of my personal development journey really because so many things came up for me when you just sit with yourself and you're not able to distract yourself with anything not with going out not with partying not with dancing not with exercise not with work whatever so in that month so many painful things came up and I think Therefore, that was the start of really going deeper into that self-development journey. Um, and just slightly after I had the breast implants uh, gotten, I, I thought, oh, maybe did I do them too small? And then at one point I thought maybe they're too big. And I felt like I'm still discontent. And suddenly I realized probably whatever I do when I will make them bigger now, I will probably still be discontent because I think, oh, maybe my lips are too small now. I could also do a lip job um, to, to make my lips bigger because they, you find always something else that you project your insecurities or you project your discontent or you project all your problems to. And for me, the outlet was my boobs, but you would always find something and you're never content um, when you're not content in the inside. So suddenly I realized that every external factor had nothing to do with how I feel inside and that it's an inside job that I have to do to heal and not something external. And some other people, for some other people, it might go going shopping or uh, going partying nonstop or taking drugs or I think as humans, when we have pain, we always search for something that fills the void. And for me, feeling literally my uh, void, the void on my chest. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was just trying to fill the void. And when I realized that, um, I started to feel uncomfortable with having the breast implant. And the more I healed, the more uncomfortable I felt actually, and the more I doubted the decision that I had made to get the breast implants. And then I was on Bali and uh, it sounds very stereotypical. I, uh, yeah, I always spend a month on Bali in the winter usually. And I was on Bali and you know, it's known to be the yoga hub and all the meditation, breath work. And I went all through the whole process and did so much healing and letting go and shedding of layers, etc. And there was the point really, it 
did click in my mind and I realized, okay, I need to get the implants out. It's not me anymore. And I filled my inner void now and I don't need this anymore. These feel like a burden to me now instead of something that I, that add value to me. So as soon as I came back to Germany, I made an appointment and I just wanted to get the breast implants out as fast as possible. And I had them taken out just one year after I got them in. And uh, the doctor was like, what? Like, they, they look so good and you look so beautiful. And like, why do you want to get them out? And he actually almost didn't want to do it. But uh, yeah, I was so sure that that was not me anymore. And I wanted to feel pure. And that was really the word that came up for me over and over again. I want to feel pure, not in the sense of any religion or something, but in, in pure with my body, just being me just being myself with myself connected. And the moment I got them out and I woke up from anesthesia, I remember it was a mind blowing moment. I just touched my chest and it felt soft and empty and I got tears in my eyes and I was like, wow, like I'm finally me again. And it was like a rediscovery of myself and of my body. And I could appreciate my body so much more. And now I'm so happy and grateful for my beautiful small breasts <laughs> and yeah, grateful every day that I just, yeah, can be me like purely me. I love that story so much. I'm almost like teared up at the end when you said I'm finally me. Like I'm finally me again. Like that's such a powerful statement. Um, you know what I what I connected on was, you know, your you you did this. Um, I have kind of a similar story. So I actually had weight loss surgery, like it's been a while, eight years ago. So I had a gastric bypass surgery. And, um, I was much the same, the outside of the body, you know, was changing and I'm like, oh, I look great, but the inside's still there. All the, you know, the inside healing, um, the inside hurt and wounding was all still there. And I didn't, you know, necessarily realize at that time, I thought the same thing. Once the outside starts changing and, um, I start losing this weight, like that's going to change the way that I feel too. And my happiness and, and all of those things, you know, that we think by changing something on our body, that's going to lead us to the thing that we're trying to find on the inside. But um, yeah, so my journey was much the same. That did not, that was not the case. So um, it found a lot of searching outside of myself for things to fill me or to fix me or to, you know, change change things about me. So it wasn't until he started the same thing, doing the inner work that you find that peace in your body, because I was the same way I, I have now from drastic weight loss, I have a lot of like extra skin, especially around like the stomach area and um, like the boobs too, even are sagging and all of that. So that was always like my goal after I lose all the weight, I'm going to have like the mommy makeover, you know, the, the tummy tuck, the boobs, the everything. And it's, I haven't done it yet because I feel like, again, the more and more that I do this inner work and this inner healing, I'm like, I don't know that I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Like this is the body that I was given. Um, it bears the story and the journey of me, all of the twists and the turns along the way it bears. I have five boys. It, it, it's testament to, I've given life to five children that are now bigger than me. Um, <laughs> and, and so I just think, um, 
you know, when you said, I'm finally me again, I think that that's why I kind of teared up a little bit too, because I think, wow, my progression too, from wanting to change all these things about myself, thinking if I can make the outside look beautiful, I can make it look pretty. I could make it look like the people in the magazines or on Instagram or this, it's going to change my life. It's going to change things. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be not, um, you know, I'm not going to be dealing with all the, the stuff that's, you know, got me feeling that way, but no, the stuff is still there. So I just, I love this conversation because, um, it's, I think everybody, we all start out seeking outside of ourselves, seeking to fix something external, thinking that it's going to help the internal. So this, can yes, I say something do. to that, what <laughs> you just said? Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, what you just said, like that we always think when we have achieved a certain thing or when we have achieved or become a certain shape or body image or whatever, then we will feel et cetera, et cetera, happy, good with ourselves, confident. But that's, that's a trick, you know, like when you're already allowed to feel it now, because if you don't feel it now, it won't come in the future either. And what is happening on all the way? I mean, you're living now. So why don't you allow yourself to fully be you and fully embrace and feel good right now, even if you maybe want to lose 10 pounds or whatever, that's completely okay. But if you don't feel it now, also when you lost 10 pounds, you won't feel it. And I think that is a very common thing, as you said, also when you have strugglings um, with food in whatever way, if it's emotional eating or if it's anorexia, as in my case, um, sometimes you don't even see an eating disorder on someone. Um, but in the inside, that is really what matters. When your body looks, um, it's, it's not uh, like dangerously thin or dangerously overweight or whatever, um, but you still don't feel it in the inside and you have a distorted eating pattern, um, then you still have an, an eating disorder or eating struggles. But it's, it's all on the inside, even if your body maybe doesn't show it. And what you said, I also love that so much that you say, like, the more you do the inner work, the more you embrace your body. Because I think for me, a person is beautiful now when I see they own it, they really own completely who they are. And then it doesn't matter how many kilos you weigh. Uh, it doesn't matter um, how tall or how petite you are. It doesn't matter your, uh, yeah, your face or your skin or whatever. Then you feel the energy and that's the beauty. And you really radiated outside and you you immediately when a person like this comes in the room you see that they own it and it's really funny I feel like unfortunately a lot of models which I've met along my way are mostly actually the most insecure humans I've met and everyone would consider them so incredibly beautiful um, but mostly they are the ones really struggling accepting themselves, which I find so interesting. Um, yeah, so it's completely turned the opposite, which, which you would think. You would think, but I, I think it's interesting too. And this is just me as an outsider. I think that there's like a whole modeling culture that's come from, you know, way back that we've... Um, well, when you look at it from the outside, we see, we, we assume this modeling culture that they've, um, you know, created this self-image in these women, almost like they've created these insecurities in um, 
just us to begin with, you know what I mean? And women to begin with. So I just, um, I almost think that it's like a created culture in a way. I don't know if you feel kind of the same way, but um, that there's several maybe industries or different things like that, where that has been just set up that way a long time ago. And we just need to, you know, see changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree and I disagree. I would say like the image that a model should present is usually, especially in our times right now, a very strong, independent, um, tough woman. That's really uh, what um, is the trend at the moment and what people want to see. Um, So actually it's not about presenting an insecure woman, but more the opposite. But I think the insecurity should start in the woman who is watching the advertisement and watching the models because it makes them insecure about themselves um, seeing these strong so strong women which are actually maybe not so strong when you meet them um, but seeing them and then creates the insecurity because you should buy a product or you should do whatever um, and spend your money so you can be like that woman you're seeing but then I think in real life it's often the opposite that really models are kind of insecure Uh, but I think especially when when you start modeling that's something that happens because you get judged so much from the outside and it's it can be tough when you just suddenly hear like no they don't like you or you walk in on a runway and they send you away immediately without even talking to you that can feel quite struggling in the beginning but on the other hand the longer you model um, and from the models I know who've been in the industry for a really long time they're actually really the most strong and independent and really free people I know and also incredibly smart and amazing women um, because they learned from that whole journey to really get a thick skin and to protect themselves from everything that's from the outside. And it actually does make you more confident because you can deal with rejection really well at one point. And um, yeah, you learn to, in the best case, at least learn to love your body no matter what, because some people might love the look of your body and of you. And some other people, if it doesn't fit to their brand, they might might not like it. So you learn to detach from other people's opinions at one point. And that's what I'm really grateful for now with modeling, that I really don't care anymore. If someone doesn't book me, it doesn't mean that I should be insecure about myself. It means I don't fit to their brand. And that's completely okay. I cannot please everyone with my modeling and I cannot be the beauty ideal for everyone. And that's completely okay. But I will find the brands and the people that like my look and like what I present. And I feel like the more I can be myself and the more I can be who I am, the more I attract also the clients and the customers that I want to work with because they see who I am and they see what I stand for. And I really want to stand for sustainability, um, for also older modeling, for that edgy, grungy look, maybe being different than other people um, and daring something. I I love to have um, a very um, exceptional style. I don't, I like to dress up in in a, yeah, a different way than most people would do. Um, so people would be attracted by that if they like me and my personality and have 
jobs available that suit me like this. And that makes modeling for me more fun, obviously, because then I, I have the clients and the job environment and the clothes or whatever that I also like. So I think it also has an advantage to be really sure of who you are and be in tune with who you are, because um, then you will also attract not only jobs as a model, but everything in your life. I think that counts for everything, for partners, friends, uh, whatever it is. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love when we can open up a conversation around that and like bring some more awareness because I just think, um, you know, from what I've heard in general, if we're not secure on the inside, again, like when you're talking about, um, you know, taking that rejection and it's not even necessarily personal about you. It has nothing to do with you as a person, but it's just like you said, maybe that's just not their brand. That's not what they, you know, necessarily were looking for and um, being able to detach from that, like you said said would be crucial to not take it to mean something about you as like a person. Um, so I think what you said there was so, so important. This inner work we're seeing is, is just absolutely imperative. So I, I would love to know where, do you have like a couple of either tips or like where you started with and just um, you know, cause you said it started with sitting with yourself. You had you got forced to sit with yourself and then, and that really kind of opened things up for you. What are some of the first things that maybe, um, you did to start working on finding peace with yourself or some of the things that you tell people to start with? Mm. I think you don't have to have the, uh, pause after the breast implant surgery to to have that, uh, to sit with yourself. I think the first step is really, um, yeah, just taking the time to not distract yourself nonstop. I think now uh, the whole COVID situation has been also a forced quit for a lot of us. And I think that was what back then the sitting with myself was for many people now. And I think it can be a really good opportunity to heal because that's the first time when you give yourself the time and actually allow yourself to feel because I always try to numb myself with so many things. I was constantly out with friends, partying, um, working, uh, traveling, everything. And I mean, that's okay as well, but I think I also did it because I didn't want to feel myself or I was so scared to feel what's coming up. So first step, I would say, give yourself the time to really feel yourself. Um, and I hate to say this, but it, it, because it sounds always so cliche, but I think meditating is, at least for me, has been such a good tool to also like start each day more mindful. I really can feel now when I don't meditate a day, I feel more distracted. Um, I don't feel so centered. I don't feel so connected with myself. And even if you start with, with like five minutes or something, um, or even guided meditations or something like this, um, and you don't have to expect to have an enlightenment or something like this when you start meditating and don't be frustrated, but just give yourself maybe five minutes each day and then you can build up going to 10, maybe 15, whatever it is for you. Um, and then I do journaling, writing it all out. Um, and I have to say, for me, really, Bali 
was so healing. I don't know what it is about this place. It has a very special energy. I mean, now we cannot travel there, but <laughs> like maybe you can find a different place that is symbolizing really peace for you. Uh, maybe it's the woods or nature in general, I think it can be so healing. Just going there without being on the phone, without listening uh, to music or whatever, or <laughs> a podcast, um, just being in the, <laughs> listen to the podcast another time. Um, just be in the woods maybe or at the beach and just taking in nature I think this is really good for connecting also with your body and um, yeah a, a really good step to to find also peace within yourself and then I think exercise like physical movement is so crucial I really feel when I'm I have to work a whole day at my laptop or something. I really feel how it's draining me after a while and I really need to get up in between and move. So movement. And for me, that's also a key that I have been practicing since uh, my teens. Uh, healthy eating is absolutely the key, I would say, to a healthy body and to a healthy mind, staying more focused, don't having energy drops, etc. And Therefore, I'm really grateful I had my eating disorder because that brought me to more food awareness, which I don't want to promote any eating disorder. I think this is possible without eating disorder as well. Please use the shortcut without the eating disorder. Um, but uh, healthy eating for sure, like diving in what, what does feel good in my body, eating, um, looking at the back of uh, um, the ingredients, if it's a processed food or if it's natural, if there's sugars or not, and really taking the time to um, inform yourself about food and what you put into your body each day, because it has such a big impact on us. So I'm sorry to say all these stereotypical things, but um, it's, it's so essential for a healthy <laughs> living and feeling good in your body. Yeah. It's funny you say that they're stereotypical and, and I guess in a way they are, because when I ask, you know, guests, previous guests or people, the same things come up over and over, but that should be your clue. You know, that like, that's a clue that, that incorporating these practices, um, you know, are so important. I love like, you know, meditation and that can be in a form, like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be, it could be five minutes. You could start with a guided one. You can do walking meditations. Um, but sometimes um, I love getting outside. Sometimes if I'm just not feeling well, I'll just step outside my door. I'm like, I'm just going to step outside and just, I don't know what it is, the nature, the fresh air, it's, it's instantly transformative. So um, you say they're stereotypical, but they're all, they all work. Like they're all, you know, the key to those steps of finding that peace and, you know, healing that inner turmoil or whatever is, you know, going on for you. So thank you for sharing that with us, because like you said, it's, it's so true. It's so true. Um, and, and then there are also um, so many other modalities that you can just try out if it's something for you. I mean, for some people, yoga is good. For some people, breath work. I mean, I'm a hypnotherapist. So um, if that's something for you, that can be an incredibly deep healing experience. Um, maybe hire a life coach who helps you. Um, there, so there are so many things that, um, yeah, can be tried out. So also opening up the mind and just being open to try a few things. And then you will feel if it's helping you or if it's maybe not your thing, then you know also, you know, and then you can just stop it for now and maybe try it a later time again. 
again. Yes. Yes. I love that too. And just because, yeah, you don't jive with it right now doesn't mean you can't return to it later because that's what I found, you know, with some of my practices too. So um, I love all of this advice. So I would love to know now where, if somebody decided that they wanted to work with you and um, maybe look at some of your hypnosis or uh, coaching offers, how are you working with other people? Mm-hmm. So I have my website, leandra-help.com, which you can put in the show notes. Maybe that's easier to find that, um, where you can um, yeah, find a uh, book, my hypnosis session. I do them online through Zoom all around the world, um, only in German and English for now. <laughs> Uh, maybe in all those six languages at one point. Um, and yeah, so you can book my sessions. I'm usually, uh, I'm at the moment, I'm still full with my coaching program. So I have a three month uh, coaching program, which is running and um, yeah, full. But in uh, around a month, I will open up slots again. So it's a three month, very deep transformative program with also hypnosis sessions every time. Um, and yeah, you can find my podcast also on the website, um, but also everywhere we can find podcasts. It's called Pure Happy Healthy. And the pure comes from my experience with having my, uh, after my breast explant <laughs> of feeling pure again. So that's where the word pure comes from and happy and healthy, you know, that's like the most important values, which we have as humans, I would say, and my core values at least. Um, and then I sell earrings as well, which I'm designing. And on one side, um, it's, it's Japanese letters. And on one side, it says happy in Japanese. And on the other side, it says healthy. And uh, I handcraft them in Berlin. And um, I want the person who wears them to remind themselves when they look in the mirror that of these important values that, yeah, you can feel happy and healthy already now. And that's such an important values as humans. So you can also shop them off my website or through my Instagram, uh, Leandra Haupt. And yeah, check out my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy. Awesome. How cool. I know I'm you uh, mentioned the earrings and I'm like, Oh, I perked up. <laughs> like I love, I love earrings. <laughs> yeah, I have them in yellow. That would suit you really well to your outfit. Right. right. <laughs> so everybody go check that out. Like she said, I will have, I will have everything linked up in show notes. So you'll be able to scroll straight down and um, connect right away with Leandra. I just have to thank you. This, this has been incredible. Your message today has been incredible. Um, as we kind of close out, did you have maybe any final words or kind of a final message for anybody who might be listening? Mm, yeah, I'm really a big fan of um, intuition and of manifesting. Um, so I think if you can really uh, dive deeper into your intuition, because it's such a helpful tool to really guide you through life and Intuition really makes me not feel alone or makes me feel safe and protected within myself, but also in life. Because if you trust your intuition, you will always know what the right decision is or in terms of your body, but also in terms of everything outside of you. Um, yeah, and I'm a big fan of manifesting. So if, you have not, if you're not familiar with this, you should definitely check out the tools of manifesting. This would be a whole nother episode to explain. But um, really 
you can you are the creator of your life and you can draw everything in your life um like me with now my modeling you know what i attract the clients i want etc so you can do that with really everything and uh yeah so definitely check out manifesting and how it works it's so powerful and changed my life <laughs> awesome i'm like doing cheer moves back here i'm like yes <laughs> Definitely connecting, <laughs> connecting to your intuition and uh, learning to look inside yourself for guidance instead of always outside of ourselves is, is life changing, just trusting yourself and knowing that like you, you've got this. I, that's what I say. I'm like, you've got this, like I've got this. Um, so I just have to thank you. This episode's been incredible. So if you are listening to us today, please reach out to myself, to Leandra. Let us know how you enjoyed this. Please tell us your takeaways. And um, again, just thank you so much for being here today. This has been beautiful. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was such a beautiful conversation. And thank you for your podcast. This is so important that you do this work and bring the message out. So thank you so much as well. Thank you for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. Come and connect with me over on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin and let me know what your takeaways were and what you want to hear more of. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of these awesome episodes. Leave a review if you love the show and I will see you next time.